All right, Ephesians chapter 4, we'll start in verse 11. It says, And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to do, sorry, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of stature of which he belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him, who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building of itself in love. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the master craftsman, Lord, and you are the head of the church. You have first place in all things. God, I pray that we would find our place in you. God, that we would be working together in love, serving one another, building each other up in the body, attaining the unity that you have created in your Son, that we would be growing in maturity, in the knowledge of your Son, Jesus. God, that we may be firmly rooted, planted, uh, trees by streams of living water. God, that we are growing and manifesting the aroma of Christ to those who believe into this world in the dark, who is dark and perishing. And Father, we commit this work to you, and that by your Spirit you would teach us this morning, God, that you would open your word before our eyes, God, and that we would uh, just be discerning as we open your word together. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You may have a seat. Good morning back for all of our students. I haven't seen them in a week and a half, and, and for you all as well. It's good to be with you, and thankful for Charlie, though he's not here, um, for again the opportunity to speak. Um, it is a lot to, to prepare for, as some of us know, but at the same time, it is always so refreshing and encouraging, and really, God's word at the end of the day is not a burden, and I really mean that in, in the preparation of it. Um, that it is a joy to be in his word, and it actually challenges me, it, it, it sharpens me, and it, and it really grows me to be able to uh, open up his word and, and, and organize it in a way with my own thoughts that um, hopefully makes sense. And uh, that's been just a, a blessing for me these past couple days. And so I've been thinking these past couple weeks, as Charlie asked me to, to speak for him on, as he's come back from Israel, just really asking the Lord, what would you have me to share with the body and with my brothers and sisters in Christ here? And, and one thing that has been on my mind that kind of was coming in and out, it finally kind of came together and culminated, um, was an interesting topic that I never would have thought I would speak on. And so that's been kind of fun to open up God's Word and, and research some of that. But it's the use, in general, of our spiritual gift. That each one of us has been given a gift by the Lord, and it is to be used for the building up of the body, the attaining of unity, working in service with one another, and for us to, to grow in the knowledge of Christ. And so that's the, the theme and the, and the goal that I wanted to uh, be able to share with you guys. Uh, it came from um, 
my wife and I and my sister and her boyfriend, we were all sitting in a hot tub one night. We were all kind of talking about, you know, the different roles in the church. Yeah, back when it was cold outside and, and uh, we had the opportunity to do something like that. Uh, yeah, the, the best conversations, right? The hot tub. And we were just talking about how he's, he's over at Faith Bible and, and you know, we're here and, and we've... And, taking Jewel's different background of where she went to church back in Winnipeg, and all of us were just kind of sharing just kind of how each one of us has a unique gift. And that should be used, and we should be seeing that. We should be sharpening one another with that gift in the body. And really it was the question of, well, are we doing that? And that was kind of how I left, was am I, am I using the gift that God has given me, that he's given me at salvation to benefit and be an encouragement to you all? You know, to, to sharpen and build the unity that we have. My serving with this gift and blessing one another in faith. And so that's what I want to share with you guys and, and, and hopefully uh, allow you to consider is, am I using the gift that God has been giving me? Ultimately, that Christ, the head of the church, is manifested and glorified in the use of the gift that he has given to us. So the beginning of Ephesians chapter 4, in the very first verse, a little bit of the context here, this is again, Paul writing to uh, the church that he has spent a lot of time with in Acts. He speaks to the elders and, and uh, is encouraging him to, for them to be watchmen. But I think this passage really is applying for all who are in the body, all who profess faith in Christ. Verse 1, he says, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which with which you have been called. And just to remember that these letters were to be read out loud, kind of like what I'm doing right here with you. Paul was to write a letter, and it was going to be read out loud to the church. So all who hear, this is applying to them. So you, I'm imploring you to walk in a manner worthy of your call, which you've been called in Christ. And that walk as a Christian is often manifested, as we know in this body, through many different roles, through many different ministries. He goes on to say in our scripture reading in verse 11 that he's given some as apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And there are many more roles and ministries and giftings that scripture speaks of, 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, Romans um, just to name a couple passages where he is talking about the different roles and ministries of the body. Now, we're not, we don't have time to look into all those different things and look at what um, each one of us could be in those different ways. My goal this morning is more of a general approach, as I only have just a morning with you. A general approach to look at the big picture of what have we been gifted with, what is the gift in general, and how should that gift be utilized in our meeting, in our assembling together? For you, it will be a lot more practical. What is, maybe to be considering that gift this morning, what is the gift that I've been given in Christ? So what are we equipped with, generally? We know from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that Paul does not want us to be unaware or uninformed of the spiritual gift that we've been given at our salvation. And so when each one of us has placed our faith in Christ, we were given ultimately the gift of eternal life. 
Okay, that, that is the, the first and foremost point. We've been given the gift of eternal life through the blood of the Son, Jesus Christ. And we were sealed with that promise. We were sealed with that redemption by the Holy Spirit who comes and indwells us as a believer now, that we are temples of the living God by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That was the seal that we were given at our salvation. And the Holy Spirit, His role for us is to continually promote and make much of the living Lord Jesus, the one who holds all things, uses all things, and works all things together for good for those who are called according to His purposes. He is the one that leads us to truth. He's the one that convicts us of sin. He is the one that comforts us in our trials, just to name a few ministries that the Holy Spirit is doing within us. But one that I want to talk about the most is that the gift of the Holy Spirit that we've been given out salvation also manifests himself in a spiritual gift. And there are many of those scattered throughout Scripture. But again, the, the, the point for this morning is just, just to understand and to recognize that we've been given a gift. The gift of eternal life, and that, and that eternal life manifests itself in a gift in each one of us differently, in differing gifts from the Spirit. And I just want to make a note here that this gift should not be confused, our, our spiritual gift should not be confused with our natural abilities. Right? This is a different gifting. It may use some of your natural abilities, but it is a spiritual gift is a gift that we were given at our salvation, our spiritual birth, not our natural human earthly birth. I have a basic, very, very basic definition here of is a spiritual gift is an ability given by the Holy Spirit at salvation to express our faith effectively in word and deed for the strengthening of someone else's faith, that God may receive all glory in the church. So it's a spiritual gift at salvation expressed by faith in either word or deed, and its benefit is another, to be sharpening the faith of another, to encourage another in their walk in the Lord. Right, the, the earthly gift we've been given often boasts of the flesh, but the spiritual gift we've been given in Christ boasts of Christ himself, and it leads other people to the throne of Christ. So this passage in Ephesians that we're going to look at, uh, I think has been a great reminder for me, and hopefully for you this morning as well, uh, that, this, that the reality of our spiritual gifts really are reality in each one of your lives if you've placed your faith in Christ, that you've been given a spiritual gift, but to encourage you and to challenge you to use your spiritual gift, to be practicing, to be obeying the word, benefiting and up uplifting the lives of others, and ultimately, too, for the maturing of your own faith. So what we are equipped for, I want to spend most of the time just actually in one verse uh, it's in verse 12 of, chap of, of Ephesians chapter 4. And just look at these four different aspects of why we've been given a spiritual gift. Three of them have to do with one another. And the last one has to do with ourselves, our personal walk with the Lord. And so just to read chapter 12, or verse 12 again, it says, For the equipping of the saints for the work 
of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. So the first thing that we are equipped for, it says, is that for the work of the service, we've been equipped of the saints for the work of service. Now, I think this service is twofold. It goes two different directions. It's a double-edged sword. I think the first idea of this is a service that we give to the body, to the children of God who are in God's family, our brothers and our sisters who are in Christ. Not just in this room here, but our brothers and our sisters that are around the world, meeting in different churches here in Burning, different churches here in Texas, different churches around this world. That we are serving the people of God. As Christ said in John 13, he says, You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, wash your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example that you should do as I did to you. And then in that very same chapter, in verse 34, he goes on to say, A new commandment that I, I have given you, that you love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, when you have love for one another. Our spiritual gifting in the Lord is, is meant to serve, is meant to be expressed for the building up of another. Because this is what Christ has done to us. This is what Christ has done for us. He's given us an example. That we'll be doing it with one another. We'll, we'll get to a lot more of that when we get to the building up the body. But I also think this service, that the spiritual gift we've been given, is, is to also serve this world. Now, what do I mean by serving this world? I mean serving the world, this lost, crooked, dark, perverse world, with the gospel of Christ. That we are showing them, as, an, as and we are manifesting the aroma of Christ wherever we are led by faith. And that this is the missional mind of all believers and should be of all believers. Not just for the one who's been gifted with evangelism or for the call of missions, but this is the mind for us all. That we are serving this world with the grace and the truth of who Jesus is, the gospel. And we are going and we are meeting and we are demonstrating to them the very love of God that we have received in Christ himself. And so we are serving each other, yes, and that is good and that is right. But we are also serving this world, this lost and dying world with the gospel of life. And so the spiritual gift and the work of service, it looks very different. And your spiritual gift may just be one of many being used by the Lord to benefit another. And I think of my journey to Bible school when I, when I mention this. My, my journey to Bible school was a very dynamic. If you've ever been on the steel eel of uh, uh, SeaWorld there, it's that up and down. That was my journey to Bible school. It was a huge up, a huge down, and it was just all over the place. But one of the things that God used, and just looking back at, at my testimony here, using in my life was three men specifically. Three men specifically at his hill. One was a student, and two of them were staff. Each one of these men had a differing gift, but each one of them sharpened me and encouraged me in my faith when I was honestly very apathetic toward the Lord and who he was and what he was doing in my life. 
One of them I really believe is had just a, a, a desire to empathize and to meet me in my walk with me, even my, my very, very basic knowledge. He came alongside of me and walked with me in these basic truths. He was my roommate. Another guy was one of the guys I was working with and just every day, I think, just discipling me. Every day asking me hard questions. You know, who is Jesus to you? What is the purpose of life to you? Why are you here in this life? Have you ever considered Bible school? You know, questions that no one had ever asked me before and would train me up in what was true of Scripture, of my purpose, of my uh, call in this life as a Christian. And one, you know, really, it's just the gift of teaching and really showing and opening up Scripture before me in a way which I could understand, in a way which Christ was manifested clearly and effectively in my life. All three of these people sharpened me in all corners of my life to really help me lead to the time I had in Bible school, one of the biggest steps of faith that I had ever taken in my life, to go to a Bible school for nine months. No one in my family had ever done that before. So it was new for all of us. But each one of those men, in being obedient to the Lord, in serving me, allowed me to really to have the courage to take that step of faith for something like Bible school. Right? Our, our gifting is meant to serve. Our gifting is meant to be poured out. Our gifting is meant to bless one another. So that's the service that we, that we give to one another, both in the body and those who are uh, in this world. He goes on to say, to the building up of the body of Christ. So now it gets a little bit more specific. So now he's talking just to the believers that we, are, that we share our faith with. And the previous point, like I said, naturally falls into this one as well. If you would, flip over one page with me to Ephesians chapter 2. And this, this same idea of building and, and, and building for oneness has already been mentioned by Paul to the Ephesians. In chapter 2, and we'll start in verse 19. It says, So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also being built together into a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So this is the building that God is, is demonstrating and is actively doing with, with us. That we, are, we have differing gifts, but these differing gifts are all pieces to a puzzle to make one beautiful picture that God is demonstrating. Or in the wording here, one house. Right? Each have differing roles, differing ministries, differing gifts. But in using them toward one another, with one another, we are demonstrating one faith, one God, one spirit, one gospel. That is the work that God is doing amongst us. And he is taking different nationalities, different paths, different strengths, but ultimately differing gifts from the spirit and bonding them together to make one demonstration of the head which is Christ, our Lord. 
This, this idea of building up the body can also be understood that it is an act of promoting the growth of faith in one another. So the act of promoting growth of faith in one another. Again, each one of these differing gifts from the Holy Spirit is used to promote in a unique way. That not all of us are the same. And that's good. That's, that's the beauty of this unity that we've been called to. That we're not the same. That's what really is a demonstration of true unity. If we were all just cookie cutter representations of one another, what does that speak to? Really, to me, that, that speaks to a, a man-made kind of almost cult kind of following. But the fact that God can use each one of our differing gifts, our differing past, our, our differing natures, and bring us in unity, that, to me, demonstrates a testimony of a true and living God who is truly powerful to build up one another. We have the, the joy of living with our Bible school students, Bible school students come from all around the world with many differing gifts. And as a staff, just on a bit of a side note, it is a joy to see our students growing in maturity in their faith and utilizing their different giftings. And it's, uh, it's just wonderful for Jewel and I to be able to identify that in some of these people and really hope to strengthen them while they're here so that when they go, they can manifest Christ in the body that they go back to. The one person I'm thinking of in specific is not here this year, so you guys can all breathe a sigh of relief, but he was a student with us last year, and he was actually a part of my discipleship group. He was a Canadian. His name was Dawson Coolers. And Dawson was the sweetest guy uh, really in the world and, and had a, just a tremendous heart for the Lord. I could tell right off the bat with him that he had the gift of evangelism. I mean, his desire everywhere we went, every Friday, was to share Christ with the table that was sitting next to us or the waiter who would pass by us or just the random person that, you know, he, he met as we were waiting. That was his desire, right? And so being able to, to walk alongside of him was very, very unique for me. And one time in particular, we were downtown, and it was actually on the uh, temple tour group. We had just gotten back from the Buddhist temple, in which we were asking a lot of questions. We were spending some time downtown just walking around and just enjoying each other's company. And I'll tell you this right off the bat. I don't think my, my gifting in the, in the spirit is, is 100% evangelism, though that should be something I am doing, right? Just because it's not necessarily our gifting doesn't mean we're excluded from that. It just means that God is really tapping certain people in, in one way in particular. So Evangelism, it's, it's, it's not my, I guess, my strongest point, I would, I would say. But he's a part of my D group, and we're walking along together, and we're downtown. And he says, hey, do you want to go street preach with me? <laughs> and what he means by street preaching is really, do you want to just go, like, cold call somebody, just walk right up to him and just start sharing faith, right? Street evangelism. And um, personally, no. No. <laughs> In my head, that's my thought. <laughs> no. Right? But... In that moment, before the word came out of my mouth, another thought came right after that and says, but Connor, you're his D group leader, right? If you said no, would that not just kind of quench, you know, what the Lord is doing in his life? And so I said, okay. <laughs> but I told him this, I said, but I'll, I'll tell you this, I'm more relational. 
I'm more relational, and, and so it's, it's, it's hard for me, I'm, I'm telling him this, it's hard for me just to go up to someone I've, I've never met before and just, boom, gospel. Right? I, I kind of like to get to know people, you know, and kind of build some bridges here. So I'll tell you this. You can go, we'll, we'll go together as a team, you can go, and I'm going to go in the same area, but I'm just going to sit on a bench, and I'm going to strategically place myself next to someone already sitting. And when I do this, I'm going to try to open up conversation with them. And I'm going to get to know them, and I'm just going to see how it goes. But you, hey, you go, you do your thing in that little square right in front of the Alamo. You know, you go, do your thing. There's lots of people there at spring break. Uh, and then we'll meet up maybe, you know, two hours later. He says, okay, well, I'm going to come with you. So, okay. So we walk over, and we sit down next to this one man right in front of the Alamo, and I just start opening up a conversation about San Antonio, why he's here, you know, what he's doing. I mean, just amazingly enough, he, had, he was a Buddhist, and we had just come from the Buddhist temple. And so I had lots of questions then, and I was, you know, getting to know him. And right when I'm just about to start, you know, talking to him, Dawson, hey, I have a question for you. And I knew where he was going. He reached into his pocket, and it's a little, it's, it's a little slip of uh, paper it's, that looks like a, a piece of money. And it's a million dollars. He says, hey, I got a million dollar question for you. Wouldn't you want to answer this question for a million dollars? And so then he starts going in and he has this whole structure of thought, right? And I'm going to say this question and based on his answer, I'm going to say this next question and that answer is going to lead to this question. I'm going to take him, boom, to this verse, right? And I, you know, just at that point, I sat back, I did my, you know, my, my part, trying to build the bridge, and, and Dawson just went for it. And, you know, it went really well. And I was praying for him the whole time as I'm sitting there, as he's talking over me. And I'm just praying for him. And the guy says, you know, thanks. I appreciate, you know, the, the question. I'll have to think about that. It's really good. My family's just coming out. We got to go. Okay, bye. And there it goes. You know, Dawson Coolers is a, is a guy I'll always think about. And, and that story in particular, and I love his heart for people his heart to share Christ, that this man was in, is living in a lie of Buddhism. He is trapped and entangled by the lie of Buddhism. And his heart is for these people to be freed from that bondage. And he's very direct about it. You know, my heart is more relational. I want to get to know someone. But in the relational, sometimes I miss the part where I can just be so bold as to speak of what is true. And maybe on his part, maybe he misses some of those relational moments, that these are people with past, you know, real lives that he's talking to. I think both of us that day, me especially, I, I can only speak for myself, walked away very, very encouraged. And I was blessed by his continual boldness to share Christ. And it really made me you know, consider, am I so bold? to share Christ in this way with people that I just meet who are obviously living in a lie. And it really lifted up my faith at that point. It encouraged me in my walk with the Lord. Yes, I probably don't have the gift of evangelism, but I do still have the call. I still am called to go into this world, making disciples and teaching them what Christ has taught us. I think both of us were able to sharpen each other on that day. And the point, again, of all this is that our differing gifts strengthen our common faith, our common love, our shared love for the Lord Jesus. 
want you to just flip uh, back with me to uh, the book of Romans in chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, again, this is, this is Paul speaking here. And I, and I appreciate some of the wording here when he's talking about uh, gifting. So in chapter 1, starting in, right in the middle of chapter 1 in verse 11, he says, For I long to see you, so that I may impart some spiritual gift to you, that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you while among you, each one of us by each other's faith, both yours and mine. And the wording there in, in, uh, in verse 11, it's, it can be a little bit tricky when he says I, that I may impart some spiritual gift to you. It, it sounds a little bit misleading. It sounds like Paul would wants to help them receive a gift that they haven't already been given. But again, the... the uh, the reality is that each one of these believers have already been given a gift at salvation in the Holy Spirit. And so maybe the, the text can be better translated as this, that I long to see you, that I may use my gifts to strengthen you. And that's what he, he goes on to say in, in, in verse 12 there, that I may be encouraged together with you while among you, each one of us, by each other's faith, both yours and mine. And he's not, so, so he's, he's referring to faith here, not referring to any kind of bodily strength, not to strengthen you in your physical man, but to strengthen each other in our faith, in our common faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He says the same thing to the Thessalonians in chapter 3. He says, We sent Timothy, our brother and God's fellow worker in the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you as to your faith. That is is the goal in building up the body, is when we build up each other's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that we all recognize more who is the, is the, the lead of this church, who is the head of the body, who is the head of every single man, who is our salvation, who is our sanctification. It is Christ himself. And we are building up each other's faith in him. I really appreciate one, one prayer I, I came across in my study here that said concerning this idea, Lord, how I want to be used to strengthen your people's faith today. Grant that at the end of this day that someone will be more confident of your promises and more joyful in your grace because I crossed his path. I think that's a, a very legitimate an expectant prayer. God, as you have gifted me, my gift is meant to be given. May I cross someone's path today that I may share my gift with them, that they may be encouraged in the grace and faith that they have in you. <clears throat> I really believe this is what advances unity. When we are all centered in line with our head, when each one of us is acting by faith, the building up the body, ultimately pointing each other toward Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And so back in Ephesians chapter 4, that's the third mark then that he gives after that we are to be equipping the saints for the work of service. We are to be building up the body of Christ. He says, until we all attain the unity 
of the faith. Unity in the body cannot exist or cannot exist where pride lives. The two are diametrically opposed to one another. Unity cannot be attained where pride exists. When we are using maybe even our spiritual gift for personal advancement, for personal gain, when we promote ourselves, we hurt one another. We hurt ourselves first and foremost, but then we hurt one another as well. But we are to be serving. Again, that's, that's the, the wording here is very important. We are serving. We are building. We are blessing each other in the faith. I want to cross-reference back into Romans, but Romans chapter 12 this time. Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 3. Verse 3 says, For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the propitiation of his faith. If service, in his serving. Or he who teaches... In his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Again, there's a, a passage there showing just a bit of the roles of ministry and the giftings that we have in Christ. The point in all this, though, is that we are members of Christ, the head, and that we are members of one another. Where one body part is lacking, the others should be meeting the weaknesses in their strength. And that's the call for all of us. God has created unity amongst us. Jesus has prayed for unity, John 17, for us. So unity has been given to us by the Holy Spirit. Our role now is to maintain that unity because we have an enemy who wants to steal, kill, and destroy the body, to ruin the testimony, to bring to destruction the unity that we have in Christ. Unity has been given. We are to maintain that unity by exercising our gifts for the building of one another, serving one another in love, and not thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to. So that ultimately, that we're remembering, our gifting is not for ourselves, but is for the blessing of one another. So I want to shift gears in this last time that we have together. Uh, we've, been, we've been looking at how our spiritual gifting is a blessing and it should be an encouragement to one another. But I want to end by reminding us that when we are making available ourselves to the Lord and when we are understanding rightfully that we've been given a gift in Christ and we use that gift, we are growing in maturity. It's a mark of a mature believer. So back in Ephesians chapter 4, 
In the middle of verse 13 there, he says, And of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So this is where I want to shift gear and make this a little bit more personal for you, if it hasn't been already. But now personally, pure knowledge, pure theoretical knowledge puffs up. It makes arrogant, Scripture says, and it makes us proud. But knowledge, real knowledge, as Paul prays for the Colossians, be growing in the real knowledge, that is practiced. That is applied wisdom. That is the word lived out. Or as Philippians says, the working out of the salvation that we've been given in Christ. It is knowledge that is put to the test. It is knowledge used. Again, a spiritual gift is an ability given by the Holy Spirit to express our faith effectively. And so there's an aspect where you have to express that faith that we've been given in Christ. And that is a good thing. It is growing our dependence and it is growing our trust as the Lord meets us in faithfulness, that he never disappoints those who place their faith in him, that we are growing in maturity and have a testimony that says, God has been faithful to me. Here, here, here. This is my Ebenezer stone, that he will then be faithful to me from this point on. It requires a personal attitude of faith in order to recognize the needs in the lives of of others around us. And I want to encourage us, on, on, on this point especially, to not bank off the gifting of someone else, but that you have a gift. God has given you a gifting, and you are to be using that for the building of the body, and not just partaking and not just taking of other people's gifting. In uh, 1 Corinthians, chapter 14, you don't have to flip there with me if you don't want to, I have it right here, but it's 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26. Uh, Paul has a, a statement here that's really hit home with me lately. He says, What is the outcome then, brethren? When you assemble, each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation Let all things be done for edification. Let all things be done for edification. But one of the things I want to hit on there is each one of you. Each one of you is to be coming expecting to give. I think that is a healthy expectation that God gives us in the body. It may be used or it may not be used at that moment. But I think the goal is to make ourselves available to the Lord, saying, Lord, you've gifted me with a spiritual gift, whatever that may be. I may not even know what that is, but ultimately I want to be available for the work that you have for me to do to bless someone else, to be a gift to another, that these would be sharpened in the body. I think often we just bank off of someone else's gifting. It says, oh, well, good thing they have that gift. It means I don't have to do that anymore. And that's not right. And that's not good. And we're actually hurting the body when we just partake of other people's gifting and we're not practicing our own. When you assemble together, when you live in your community with one another, each is to be practicing the gift unto one another. 
This blesses the other person who may be weak in that area. But it also strengthens our faith as we walk by faith. I'm not going to read it, but Romans 12, at the end there, he talks about that weaker brother. That when we are exercising our gifting, we are meeting the need of the weaker one in our assemblies. We don't know who that is. It's not written on their forehead, unfortunately. But when we practice our gifting, when we're using our gifting and blessing someone, ultimately that God would just be praised, that God is glorified, we may have ramifications in our life that we'll never know. Truly, we may never see the depth of. Those three guys that poured into my life probably have no idea, to the fault of my own, for not telling them, the, the great gift they were to me just by being available to the Lord in that moment of my life. I am, and God used that in my life there. So we need to be pouring out as we've been poured into. This truly matures and strengthens our faith to be, yeah, this strengthens our faith in Christ to be who he said he will through us. If I'm, if I'm being honest and vulnerable with myself right now, a lot of that for me looks like teaching, it looks like discipling. And I can honestly say, and I think my wife can say the same thing as she disciples the girls um, at his hill, when we teach or when we are discipling, honestly, I'm learning, I think, the most. I am growing in the understanding of really what these verses mean. And I'm applying them to my life so that another person may relate. Ultimately, it's for them. But I as well am benefiting. I as well am growing in understanding what that truth should be and lived out in my life. It holds me accountable. It holds my hand to the flame. This is what you're teaching them. Are you living out this truth as well? You're telling them, be thankful in all things. Don't grumble. Okay, great. So how are you doing in that? And I'm convicted and sharpened and strengthened the maturity of my faith just as much, if not more. Not to be selfish, students. <laughs> not to be selfish. But that's, that's part of how that gifting works, that we are strengthening our faith in our times with the Lord. I've been reading in uh, the book of Acts, my personal time with the Lord is in the mornings, only gotten to chapter 3 so far, but I've had to stop after thinking about this sermon and wonder in the morning, is this part of the awe and the wonder that the early church was, was experiencing with one another? That every one of them were assembling together for prayer, to meet the needs of one another, to fellowship, to strengthen each other, that they had nothing that was their own. There was no selfishness existing there. But everything they were laying down at the apostles' feet. And that all of them were devoting themselves to the teaching of the apostles. right? Teaching that they were giving to Christ. Every single one of them, when they came and assembled, they were sitting at the feet of Jesus, first and foremost. You know, are we doing that? Can each one of us say when we assemble that we're not just here to, to hear from someone else? But that we as well are being taught. We as well are submitting ourselves to the teaching of the Lord. We're sitting at his feet. So that after, before, when we leave, we may give out of what we've been given. I think it really strikes a chord with me in the early church. I think every single one of them were taking this seriously. They had a gift in Christ. 
They were using that gift to benefit one another. So anytime we practice the word, anytime we are doing the word, James says, anytime we are walking by faith and obeying the word, you are growing. You are growing in spiritual maturity. I really believe, to, kind of, to end on this point here, a church in which every member is responding individually to the, in faith to the Lord, considering their gifting and their calling, and are being led by faith to use for others' good is the mark of a, of a very dynamic church in which Jesus is alive and Jesus is king of. Every church, which every member is individually submitting himself to the Lord and walking by faith is a dynamic church in which Jesus is alive in and Jesus is king of. That's what our equipping promotes. At the end of the day, our spiritual gift is all about Jesus. It is not graduating from him. It is not less than him. It is God expressing himself through us for the ministry of one another. That in and of itself is our spiritual gift. So it may look like many different things. But whatever is a blessing and a gift to another is a gift that is from God and he's expressing himself through it. In Ephesians chapter 4, to end off the passage there, verse 14 through 16, it says, As a result of all these things, we, as a body, are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves, and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by the craftiness of deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body is being fitted together, fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part. It's causing the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. I'm a, I'm a sucker for uh, church history. I, I love history, especially uh, church history. I get to teach that class with our second years. One thing I love going and seeing different churches, especially old churches, is stained glass. Right? You may have seen where I'm going with that. Stained glass is so beautiful to me because it's just broken fragments of glass, colorful glass, all pieced together held together for one beautiful picture. And, it, and that usually each, each stained glass is telling a story, right? Usually a Bible story or something that is true of Jesus. That is who we are in the body. Pieces, broken vessels. But what God has fused together by the surpassing greatness of his spirit living within us to make one beautiful picture with a story of his great faithfulness. That is who we are proclaiming. That, and he, is our goal. That we are manifesting the aroma of Christ to one another and to this world. I'll end with these two verses. 1 Peter 4, 10, as we just were there with Charlie in 11, says, As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks then is to do so as speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one serving by the strength which God supplies. So that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. 
to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. And if we can end there with Romans chapter 11, verse 36, that it is from him, it is through him, and it is to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen? I hope at this point we can be just introspective for a moment. And we can consider if we are truly using and demonstrating the gifting that we've been given in Christ. You may not know what that gifting is. And that's okay. I, I, don't, I don't think we need to go out and take a bunch of tests and you know, do a bunch of exams to figure it out. I think the Lord will manifest the gifting, whether we know it or not, if we are simply living in a state of abiding in Him. That we are trusting Him and saying, God, all I am is available for all of you to express your, yourself through. And you will be a blessing. And you will be an encouragement for another's faith. But some things we can be thinking, what are we sensitive to in the church? What are we passionate about? What are we desirous for the body? In Christ, what are we naturally drawn to? Simply put, in what ways can Christ be a blessing to another? What is on your heart to give, do, and say to encourage the faith of another? These are all good places and good questions to start for us as we prayerfully consider God to use us for His glory in the church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are humbled, God, that you would use people like us. Thank you for the gift of your spirit that lives within us, that he leads and guides into all that is true and convicts of, of all that is, is wrong within us, God. And by your spirit, expressing himself through us in a unique and differing gift. God, I'm humbled by the unity that you've caused and created. It is only by your hand can you bring people like us with our differing talents and gifts, God, to demonstrate the oneness of our faith and the unity and oneness of you, our Lord and our King. I pray, God, that you would challenge us to be using our spiritual gifts as we know, but ultimately, God, that we are just submitted to you, living sacrifices to you to use. God, that we would bless and encourage the faith of one another. And in that, God, as we walk in obedience to what your Spirit is putting on our heart, that we would be maturing in our faith, growing in wisdom and knowledge of you, God, in our time in which we are sitting at your feet and learning of you. God, we can only ask and, and do these things by your Spirit who lives within us. And we submit these truths to him. It's in your name we pray. Amen.